Hey girls, welcome to the Go Girl Podcast because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. Each episode is about self-love, self-care, and self-discovery. Tune in for affirmations, motivation, girl talk, and girl power. Now let's get it started. Go girl. Hey girls, welcome back to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. I hope your week has been going great so far and that you'll get some great information out of today's episode. I know I did. Dr. Gertrude Lyons is my guest today and she has so much information to share, especially about rewriting your mother code. And if you don't know what that means, it's about like reparenting yourself pretty much. Anything that you felt like you were missing as a child, especially from your mother, we're going to get into it today and how you can fill those voids for yourself and how you can reparent and mother your inner child. Maybe there were things you were missing, such as affection, uh, some love, some kind words. So we'll talk about that in today's episode. And if you don't have children, it's okay too. I don't have kids yet, but we get into the ways that women just mother different things in their lives, such as their careers. That's me right here. Always mothering my career. (laughs) Stepping in as a mother to other children and stepping in and nurturing different projects and how you can start nurturing different parts of yourself. Okay. So it's a really interesting episode. Got a lot out of it and I can't wait to share it with you. She also has a podcast of her own called The Mother Her Podcast. And You can find her on social media at Dr. Gertrude Lyons, okay? Please be sure to share what part resonates with you. Be sure to like and leave a review. It's kind of like putting money in a tip jar, all right? So I'm not asking for money, but I'm asking for a review, okay? You can also follow me at Go Girl Movement on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and let me know what part you enjoyed about this episode, okay? It's really good, really interesting. Take out your pen and paper, take some notes. And let's get into some girl talk. Welcome to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. I'm so excited to have Dr. Gertrude Lyons on the line. She is a life coach, host of Mother Her podcast, and she empowers women to mother themselves. Thank you so much for joining the Go Girl podcast. Ashley, it is completely my thrill and honor to be with you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because this is a topic a lot of people do not talk about. You know, we think about motherhood and all of the good that comes with it. And, you know, Mother's Day is so elaborate and amazing. And, oh, can't wait to be a mom. Oh, I'm a mom. I'm going to do everything. And <laughs> the faces you're making are like, yeah, all of the society. But sometimes, you know, women don't put themselves first. Sometimes, We need to learn to mother ourselves. So I want to get into that today with you. I was actually listening to one of your episodes. We'll get right into it about Mm reparenting your inner child. And so I I want to tap into that because I have heard that term recently, reparenting yourself. And so what exactly does that mean? And how can we mother our inner child? Oh, well, I love this topic, uh, mm-hmm. Ashley. Thank you for for bringing it to light because I, I think it is maybe something you know women or people have heard of. You know your inner child, and when I speak of our inner child, I, I look at it two ways. One is, you know, we we've had our 
formation, right? Our mm-hmm. upbringing and the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? There's there's no perfect family. There's no perfect upbringing. We all have levels of dysfunction. It's kind of on a continuum, right? Which means there have been developmental gaps in our formation, so to speak, because Mesero, that's it. Yes, okay. Mesero is his name. And he talks about how uh, formation is our upbringing. And then when we become adults, we have the opportunity for transformation, right? So our, we don't really have a lot of say in our upbringing, right? It, it kind of happens to us and we cope in the ways that we need to, to get along in the family system to, you know, survive, so to speak. And I don't, you know, necessarily mean that as, but it feels like that as a child, you know, our survival's at stake. So, you know, we have to have a lot of compassion for that child that developed what may be some unhealthy beliefs about themselves, about the world, about what the world is going to give to them and expect. So when we talk about reparenting, it really is kind of going back to that time and giving ourselves and filling in those gaps with what was missing. And, I speak about it in mothering and motherhood, particularly because when you are raising a child, you have the opportunity to do that in a, in a unique way, right? Because you're mm-hmm. often giving your children all the things that you didn't give, get yourself, right. right? Right. So we call it like growing yourself up with your child, wow. or with your children, you know, and parenting yourself, reparenting yourself as you parent your child. So it's this beautiful process of being able to paint beautiful, painful, and disturbing, which is uncomfortable. why I think uncomfortable, right. right? And not the most comfortable thing, but incredibly rewarding as far as our self-awareness, as far as being able to have a greater, greater power in our life and requisite variety as we fill in those gaps and give ourselves what we didn't have before. So many interesting things that you said, the formation, because yes, we are conditioned as children. And sometimes the mother, she's probably parenting us the way she was raised. Exactly. So yep. it could just be passed down. It could be some generational trauma, possibly that's passed down. And like you said, but when we're older, we have the right to make those changes. It's all about transformation. Yeah. Yeah. But So when we're an adult, how do we make that transformation? Say, I am thinking about my inner child and whatnot. Like, what are some tools and some tips that women can do to reparent themselves and to transform? Sure. So um, ways that uh, a woman or actually anybody in the parenting realm, but we're going to speak of mothering. And I'm going to use the example of when we're mothering children, but we can, we'll generalize that because, and I'll just speak to this briefly just to set the stage is in the work that I do with women, I look at us all like that all women mother, we all mother, you know, we Mm -hmm. mother children, we may choose to mother children, but we also mother our careers. You know, you, you mothered a book into being, you know, you you, you know, that's a birthing, right? It's a, it's a conception creation and birth. So our dreams, our ideas are all things that we mother. And in all of those, and I'm sure you know, you, you felt this, uh, you know, with the book, even, you know, it's disruptive, it's uncomfortable, it's chaotic. And what research shows is that's the ripest time and a really beautiful time for transformation because all of our stuff comes up right in those times. And when we look at it through the perspective of mothering a child, our child is this 
beautiful gift of our triggers, right? Of bringing up mm. aspects of ourselves and the child and the people surrounding us, right? So the advice giving mother-in-law, if, if you have that, or my own mother or, you know, well-meaning friends, right? Um, all of those kind of put us in scenarios or situations that uh, have the potential to stir us up. So, you know, we want to learn how to recognize that. So mm -hmm. the big first step in all of this is awareness, is mm -hmm. understanding that this is possible and then being aware when, you know, something happens with my child and I, or, or my partner or, you know, something that I'm doing and I just go from zero to 60, right? right. And I just lose it, you know, so to speak. Well, that's, we have to have compassion for ourselves and understand that's a clue that some historical wound has been touched. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've been triggered in some way and that I don't have to necessarily in that moment, but I can recognize it in the moment and name whatever I'm feeling in that moment just to bring myself back to presence. Mm -hmm. And then I have the opportunity to dig into that further and say like, wow, what was it about that? You know, what did that remind me of from my past? Like, and right. see where I can find myself and then what do I need to give myself? You know, yeah. is, was it self-soothing? Was it a positive parental voice that I didn't have at that time? And, you know, there's a whole myriad of things that I work on in coaching where we can come up with a repertoire of things to give ourselves in that moment. But really the first step is, is that awareness, awareness. that this is happening and we're not crazy. And you know, right. we, we have this opportunity to, to, to really go deeper into these aspects. I like that you said that because that's so true that a lot of times when we are triggered, it's something that we need to heal from our past pretty much. So with that, say we're aware, we know what's going on. Should we journal about it? Should we just speak kindly to ourselves in that moment? Should we confront the person who probably hurt us in the past? Like, what should we actually do if we're aware, but now we're like, okay, we don't want to take this out on our child, on our spouse. Yeah. How yeah. do I comfort myself in this moment? Well, you just answered your own question by, <laughs> by name every one of the things <laughs> you named, Ashley. I have the feeling you've explored this topic. Um, <laughs> I do a lot of journaling. Yeah. So yeah. And that's a beautiful expression. So, But what you're naming in all of those are kind of avenues to get ourselves expressed. Because one of the key aspects of that healing that we want to do is it might not have been safe at that time mm -hmm. to have the full expression of the emotions that were really there for us. You know, maybe when I put that full emotion out, I was reprimanded in some way, or I, right. I saw that it wasn't safe or just not okay. You know, I didn't get, I didn't get positive attention if I put that emotion out, but they stay in us, right? Our, mm. our, our emotions don't leave our body until we release them or express them and name them. So all of the things that you talked about, like the journaling, you know, the self-soothing, they, they help us get us back to presence. And then you mentioned like, and then can I, you know, take it deeper into my healing? And that may be something, you know, you may choose to do with a coach or therapist, um, but you can do that through breath work, you know, vehicles, mm -hmm. um, tools like that, that help us kind of get out of our head and the knowing of it, which is important because like we said, the awareness and the, and the knowing Correct. and identifying, but then the naming and then allowing the expression of the emotions that are still kind of 
living in our cells. Yes. And, and that healing from that trauma is, is possible through a cathartic release. You know, maybe there, there were times I just wanted, I was so mad about something that was happening, but that wasn't safe to show. And I need to get, you know, really mad, you know, and, and let that out, let that out. And, you know, and often, you know, a coach, I do a lot of breath work and body work with people I coach to provide a safe environment to just release, you know, and let that go, Mm. but then not stop there. And then it's like, okay, so I got a couple steps ahead because what's also a great thing to do when you enter into this territory is to create a vision for yourself, right? Okay. I've identified, I've identified where I'm going. You know, I, I want to be a, or I yearn to be, and I have a vision for myself of a fully expressed, powerful, you know, uh, present in the moment woman. Right? Yes. And, go girl. You know, I, I live from go girl. Right. And that's a beautiful <laughs> vision, you know, and what's in the way of my go girl, what's in the way of you know, my full self, my full authenticity. And I just identified one. I just expressed about it. So great. So now how can I keep that going? You know, we want to tell ourselves and give ourselves ways like, well, next time I feel angry, I'm going to identify it. I'm going to give more voice, you know, to that emotion and keep going. I like that. It's like changing the story in your head, just changing the story because, okay, well, this didn't work in the past because maybe, like you said, I was reprimanded, but maybe I'll I'll try it now as a fully present, aware adult (laughs) and see what happens. And then you learn, like, I know one of my issues, um, just to be a little vulnerable here is that I felt like I could not speak up sometimes when I was a child. And Mm -hmm. so it took me a long time to find my voice again as an adult. And it's like, oh, well, I can say what's on my mind and nothing will happen or this person will listen or I will set a boundary. And I just feel so much better and so free now that I am able to speak up. It's like, oh, this person, like, like what's going to happen when I speak up? (laughs) Nothing, you know? And if the person gets mad and wants to leave, totally okay. If they want to stay and talk about it, that's even better. But it's just me at least speaking up now instead of just silencing myself. So I feel like, you know, that's, that's what I've done in my like reparenting work. (laughs) But that's such a, that's such a beautiful example, Ashley. And, uh, as you were sharing it, I, I, what was going on inside of me was like, oh my gosh, like, what if Ashley hadn't done that work? We wouldn't, we wouldn't be hearing your voice this yes, way. We, exactly. we would be missing out on you. And what a, you know, I mean, oh, tragic you. for you, but, you know, and, and I think sometimes we forget that, you know, right. we, or we're not necessarily in touch with, and that's where the vision, you know, comes in mind. It's like, I have, I have a voice and I have things I want to say and I want to share. And you challenged a mistaken belief uh, that what will happen? I'm going to, I'm going to take this risk and see what will happen. Oh, the sky didn't fall. Like, you know, I I can take care of myself and yes, not everybody is going to respond super positively, but I can stay in there. I, you know, it's, it's okay. And you, you do that over and over again. And just like you said, you know, I shift that, that belief, that memory, mm-hmm. and some call it uh, a redemptive narrative, right? It doesn't, what happened to us in our past does not have to um, dictate, you know, right. where we go and who we are now, but we do have to address it. And that's what the beautiful example you just shared. 
I love that you said that. Address it because some people just want to put a mask on or hide what they've been through or act like everything is well and perfect and everything like that. And it's like, no, sometimes you are hurting inside. And sometimes, you know, those triggers come up and it's okay to address it. But how are you going to address it? But then how are you going to let it go? and move on from it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's totally okay to be aware. Like we mentioned before, it'll be uncomfortable (laughs) at times, but that's part of the the growing process. Like, do you want to stay where you are or do you want to become a better, fully expressive woman? As Gertrude has said, I hear you saying as well, um, there is sometimes in motherhood, like a lot of doing, and we want to make sure we're doing it right. And sometimes that can make us a little overwhelmed. And I'm not a mother, Mm -hmm. but like my friends and my mom, I could see, you know, see it in their lives. So how can women prioritize Mm self-care? You had an interesting article about this, about self-care, how some women Mm -hmm. just think, oh, going to Target is self-care or me just going (laughs) to the restroom and my my children not following me is self-care. And it's like, no, ma'am, you'll normally Mm -hmm. go to Target and still buy things for yourself, your children, your family. You'll normally go to the restroom anywhere. So how is that self-care? So really, how can women prioritize self-care in general and or as a mother? Yeah, no, thanks, Ashley. Well, it's a lot of what our conversation has been about. And if if you don't mind, I'm going to adjust something you said earlier when you said, well, I'm not a mother. Well, remember my paradigm, you yes. are a mother. Yes, yes, um, yes. And because we're all mothers, but you haven't, you know, you're not mothering children. Correct. Um, but as I said before, too, you know, I see your ba- one of your babies behind you, which <laughs> is your book and your career. Yes. So, you know, that same kind of pressure, right? When we're giving so much and we're caring so much and the demands are so huge where we put ourselves, you know, way down the ladder. Again, there's there's a certain level at which like is what we value, you know. So unfortunately, we go, we don't value what we're doing enough yet uh, right. to prioritize, you know, our self-care. So we've all bought into the like, well, yeah, you know, just making time for a shower and target, uh, you know, (laughs) a trip to target for an hour, you know, away from your kids, you know, of course do those things, you know, and we, sometimes it does, we do need to put systems into place to get when we're really, you know, pressurized with, you know, external needs and demands, you know, we do need to create systems to make sure we get those basic needs met. But when we're really talking about um, in our, deeper mothering ourselves and our self-care was that earlier conversation, right? The, Mm -hmm. this journey of going inside of noticing through my day, how am I tending to my emotional well-being? Am I letting things like kind of stack up and build up something I'm angry about something I'm not, you know, putting my voice to, and then, you know, come four o'clock, there's just an explosion because I've let so much build. So we're, what I'm talking about more so is you know, how in, in the stressful moments of my day or, you know, throughout the day, can I give myself some internal attention and uh, recognize what's moving with me? You know, what's, mm-hmm. what's happening? How have I, have I been tending to my emotions and my, my feelings and, and doing some of that uh, awareness I was just going to say some women, though, feel like they don't even have time for that. They don't have time to think about themselves, their own thoughts. They don't have time for a two minute meditation, a a five minute journal prompt or anything. They just feel like they're on go, go, go 
always and always looking at after other people. And it's like, how do you suggest to someone or what can women do in general to feel like, okay, let me carve out one minute. Let me just breathe in and out for like three times. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like to me, it's like, oh, that's, that's just 10 seconds. Like just do that, you know, What's but do? yeah, but I feel like maybe to um, a mother or even like to myself in my career, it just seems like another to do another task. Mm-hmm. Like I'm already doing so much. Now I have to add this self-care component as well. Like what? I but know. how can we let women know like that is, a priority and that should be your first priority so that you can show up and be healthier and whole and, and happier with your children, with yourself, with your spouse. Oftentimes without something bigger for ourselves to, to orient to, it's like, it isn't just another to do. It's why mm-hmm. I, I don't really believe in just goal setting because we can tick off goals, you know, right and left. Um, but I, if I haven't attributed the deeper meaning to that, and have that awareness of why this matters to me, you know, why, you know, right. my, raising a child, why this, you know, big hairy goal I took on and project, like, what is that in the service of, right? Yeah. So there's that piece of, you know, kind of work to be done. But then, like you said, we have to um, set up systems, mm-hmm. because now we're talking about new habits. I haven't, you know, through my whole life, for example, if I haven't valued myself or given that time and now somebody tells me, well, you have to do this. I can't be expected to just, yeah, you know, I have, I, I have to be okay to take small steps and understand that I'm going to have to probably put a lot of things in place just to mm. get myself to, you right. know, take a couple mm. times a day to breathe for a minute, you know? And yeah, I mean, I get not, it. Cause right. Cause it's like, I want to sleep and get my rest. But now you're telling me, oh, wake up five minutes earlier to write in my journal, to breathe. Like <laughs> what? I'd rather sleep. So, I mean, I, I get it. But like you said, the the woman has to um, be aware first and understand like her why and figure out like her total vision and goal for herself mm-hmm. instead of someone being on the outside, giving advice, looking in like, hey, girl, you need to slow down or you should do this. You should do that. Yeah. And they're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Or I'll take care of that when I can. Right. So speaking of that, that advice or what boundaries should women set when someone is trying to give advice about their Mm -hmm. lives or just advice about their mothering? I don't know. There's something about when a particularly in the sphere of a woman, the minute she gets pregnant and then has children that we, we, we become like public property. Like everybody right. feels so inclined to just give unsolicited advice all over the place. Right. 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 So, right, right. Whether it's advice or, you know, Oh, you know, I, I remember when I got pregnant and I was going to be giving birth in August, how many people are like, Oh, August, you know, it's going to be so hot. And you know, so sometimes <laughs> it's advice. Sometimes it's just unsolicited, like their hardship story, you know? Right. <laughs> Um, so one, you know, I can't control what is going to necessarily, I mean, I, I I can put myself in environments that are, you know, I can choose, you know, who I surround myself with, you know, and increase the likelihood that, you know, they're going to respect a boundary or ask my permission Mm -hmm. to, to give or see if I would like, you know, their thoughts on something. Mm -hmm. Um, but as we said, like out in the world, it, you know, there's, 
and sometimes well-meaning, but one understanding that they have their own stuff going on. And right. oftentimes they're just saying shit that or stuff. Sorry. Um, no, it's fine. That is all about them. Right. right. So that's Project some projection. Know, kind of yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the projection and they see that and it's like, what, you know, and they just blop it out at you. One thing that in the immediate uh, that I like to give is kind of a comeback to that is, oh, that's really interesting. Can you tell me why you're sharing that with me? Mm-hmm. Or uh, where's that coming from for you? Mm-hmm. And the putting it back on them, it really is a huge self-care kind of, because I want to understand like, where is this coming from? Like, what is your intention? And mm-hmm. what is your intention in telling me that, you know, and what, what are you hoping I will, you know, come away with? in your, in that advice or share and allow myself to be curious and take care of myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And cause I don't have to take, you know, anything right. uh, that I want or, you know, that they're like dishing out, but I also can be open and curious. And then I, I find when I do that, I actually get to know that person. Uh, you know, something else is going to happen other than that thing that was going to happen mm-hmm. in that regard. So, you know, as far as it, but that takes practice, you know, but it's good thing to have in your back pocket, you know, Mm -hmm. in those moments to, to respond that way and just take a breath and then see how you want to respond. Notice how you're feeling in that moment. When somebody puts that out, do I feel hurt by what they're saying? Do I feel afraid? Cause I just brought something up. I hadn't thought of before, Mm. you know, or I'm angry because, you know, they're putting something in my space that I didn't ask for. When I can recognize that and just even name it to myself, I'm going to have more, it helps bring us our brain back online from what we call a hijack, you know, because they just triggered something, you know, Mm -hmm. in their, in their unsolicited, well-meaning advice. And I have the capacity to respond, you know, in different ways, but not until I name what I'm feeling. Well, actually that might be new for some people too. I feel like I- just during the pandemics learned <laughs> to name my feelings. I used to put things in two categories. Like I feel good. I feel bad. That was it. <laughs> I didn't know exactly. I didn't name exactly the feeling. I just knew if it made me feel good or if it made me feel bad, if it made me feel good, I want to do more of that. If it made me feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. But last year it's like, Oh, angry, anxious, happy, sad, whatever. Like now I'm just able to name it. So some women, it might take them a moment to, like really name what they're feeling. It might be like, I, I don't know. So because because like you said, sometimes when they were parented as a young girl, they probably knew their feelings, but someone told them, no, you're being too Gosh, sensitive. Yeah. Why are you acting that way? And it made them feel like their feelings were invalid. So sometimes they might not know how to name their feelings anymore. So that's yeah. like a practice within themselves. No, I'm so, thank you for underlining that. Actually, Ashley, I don't, and it's so important what you're saying because it's, you know, and I didn't mean to put that, I'm sorry if I put that out kind of flippantly. Oh no, oh no, not at all. But I love that you underline it because it's, you know, the foundation of, you know, all of my coaching work, our programs, you know, emotional intelligence is something that all of us uh, need to reawaken to raise our awareness and can, and what the cool thing is continually expand and deepen in our paradigm. We use five emotions, okay. we orient to five emotions, fear, hurt, anger, sadness, and joy. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting when you said bad, good, like yeah. Yeah. you might categorize four of those as bad. One is good, but 
Exactly you know, the, what popped in my head. Exactly. <laughs> the joy was the good. All the what? other stuff, fear, her, all everything else. Bad. Like <laughs> right. And that's such a big part of the learning. And maybe right. that's also what you've been learning this year is you've been identifying them as all of them have a function, all of them have value, all of them can take us actually really beautiful places. Yes. You know, and uh-huh. we don't want to numb any of them. We just want to learn how to orient to them, have them and responsibly, because unfortunately, as we mentioned, you know, in our upbringing, some of those emotions may have been expressed irresponsibly, you Mm -hmm. know, and particularly anger, you know, can come out, you know, when it, when it, when that's irresponsible, it's dangerous. Right. But we're, we're talking about anger from that passion, from that awareness of like, what's not okay. And Mm -hmm. what can I, what can I do about it? So, yeah, thank you for bringing that more to light. <laughs> of course. Um, and because I do think if we're doing the work, we already know, oh, name your feelings. Like, you know, it just yeah. seems so natural for us, but sometimes it might be new to someone and they're like, what does that mean? You know, mm-hmm. but I do like that you mentioned that um, those five emotions that it's really not all bad. Like when I put four of them in a bad category, it's like, no, sometimes there are lessons to be learned when you're in that space of fear or hurt or anger. And when you come out on the other side, like the work is uncomfortable, but it is such a beautiful process. Like when you, when you really tap into yourself and become more aware and learn so much more about yourself and about your emotions, it's a beautiful process. And and sometimes you are like sitting with yourself, challenging your thoughts, challenging other people, and you get mm-hmm. to a, a deeper understanding of who you are. So I just love all of that and love all of what you're doing. Can you talk mm-hmm. to me about um, rewriting the mother code? What, is that, yes. what does that mean to you? Thank you. Well, everything we've been talking about is yes. rewriting Got the it. mother code, right? It's It's allowing us to step back and look at what our you know, both our cultural paradigms, beliefs, you know, what seeing mothering in the, our current context for the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Mm-hmm. And so culturally, you know, what's what's in our, our current sphere in that arena? And then from our upbringings, right? This whole journey of going back and, and looking and exploring our past so that we can make personal, uh, intuitive, our own choices on mm-hmm. on our mothering journey, right? Whether that's, am I even going to have children or not? And whether it's, and then how am I going to go about those processes? You know, where some women will say like, oh, I've always known I wanted to have kids. You know, I, right. since I was three, right? Well, there's a lot to that and a lot of potential discovery of like how I came to that knowing mm-hmm. um, that sometimes is, you know, just kind of right on. Sometimes it's reactive sometimes, you know, but we're going to have a richer, more aware um, experience of whatever we choose to mother. Mm-hmm. If we go on that journey, you know, kind of bringing our past forward and then choose, right. And that's where mm-hmm. a lot of our vision can come from is looking at, you know, what we had from our past and what the culture is telling us. And then say, well, this is what I don't like about that. This is what I do like. And here's how I'm going to do my mothering. Right. right. And, and, and then I'm going to have, that's going to entail potentially a lot of like feedback from other mm-hmm. people. And how am I going to take care of myself and keep, you know, building that and, and living into that vision for myself. 
I like it. Rewriting the mother code. That's awesome. I think yes. a lot of times women, we are, we just think we can do it all. Like we're super moms, super women. And most of the times we are, I mean, go, girl. which is so cool. <laughs> I know we're amazing. We're incredible. We're we all are, great, you know? <laughs> but it's, like, so it, it's totally okay with being a woman and saying, you know what? I, I do need help. Can you help me? And, and it's freeing, you know, it, it'll take some of the load off of you and you can show up better for yourself and for other people in your life as well. So ladies, yeah. it's totally okay to ask for help. Yes. <laughs> um, totally okay. Yes. So you've been a pleasure on mm-hmm. the show. I thank you so much. I'm learning through what you're speaking and I'm pretty sure a lot of women can hear this because it's not all about like with me, when I think about motherhood, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to be like a teen mom and like go to the PTA meetings and dance with my daughter and all of these good things. But it's like, yeah, but you also have to prioritize the self-care and, you know, make sure that you are um, just showing up as your secure, full, whole self as well. So I love that you spoke to that yeah. and about rewriting Actually, motherhood. Yes. No, I'm sorry. Thank you. But you brought something up that I, I'd love yeah. to just add in real quick. Cause when you said that, like, oh, when I think about like, you know, being the PTA mom or like dancing, you know, with my daughter, what I always encourage women, particularly, I love working with women before they've had children because you get to practice this and, and notice those yearnings that you have yeah. that we, we kind of allow ourselves through thinking about it with a child, but let's give that to ourselves now right? Like let's give that dancing, you know, with my inner child to myself or, you know, and what is it about that? The aliveness, the like, maybe I'm not dancing it up and see when Mm -hmm. those things come up and like, Oh, at the PT meeting, like I want to make a difference or I want to be part of things. You know, we can, I always like really, you know, want to impart on women, you know, don't wait. Right. And don't, because it also puts pressure on the child. Like, you know, later you're thinking like, Oh, well, now, you know, you have to do this with me, right? Right. I get it. What, what if my child doesn't want to be involved in sports or a dancer? Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? You know, so that I, I get that. So that, ooh, that kind of didn't, it, it made me feel like, like you mentioned, is there something inside of me right now that I feel like I'm lacking that now I want to give to someone else or to do with someone else or, or yeah. pass on to my child when it's like, no, just. Maybe that's something, a void you need to fill for yourself. That's good. Yes. I like yeah. that. The more we can do that, you know, the better we all are. And we're, we're growing ourselves up, you know, we're reparenting yeah. ourselves, you know, right then and there. And, and uh, it's still a beautiful thing to have, you know, some of those thoughts and visions, um, but let's not wait. Right? I like let's, that. Let's, let's do it now. And actually dancing is something that brings me joy. I try to do it every morning. I've been dancing since I was six years old. So I think that's why I wanted to pass it on to my child. But I just need to realize too, like my child will have their own interests and hobbies and dancing might be just my thing and that's okay. <laughs> and to do exactly. it down and to continue doing it whenever uh, a child is here. So thank you for- And your daughter, see, your daughter seeing you dancing will right. be a delight, will yes. be delightful for her, yeah. right? And, uh, uh, I love yeah. that. I love that. Thank you for that. Um, I have one last question, and this is just something I like to wrap up my show with, uh, since it's all about mainly like self-love, self-care, self-discovery. What does self-love mean to you? So much of what we talked about today, I I would underline as self-love, right? I think some of the 
the ways that when we can notice like what we're yearning for, you know, what's something that I'm hungry for in my life and then giving it to myself is self-love. And then another big one um, I see as self-love is when I decide to like go for something that I honor the mistakes that I'm making, you know, and that's self-love that I don't have to do anything perfectly. I can be a being in process and make mistakes and learn and grow and, you know, love that part of me that's going for it. So those Mm. will add that to, you know, what we all, everything we talked about is, is a pathway to our self-love. I love that and loving yourself through it because you'll have so many versions of yourself and it's like just learning to love every version. And even when you become this new version of yourself, like we all say now and better version, it's like still have compassion for the person that you were, you know, yeah. And along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, Gertrude. It has been a pleasure. I just want to say go girl to you for uh, being on this, uh, having this conversation and for, you know, helping women to mother themselves and, and making us realize like, it's not just all about being a mother, biologically, but also, you know, you're mothering other things in your life. So I love that. Thank you for helping us to rewrite the mother code. And I so appreciated this conversation. So go girl. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ashley. It's been just a delight and a blessing in my day. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. Please subscribe, rate and leave a review and be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Connect with me on social media at Go Girl Movement or subscribe to the blog at www.gogirlmovement.org. By the way, have you purchased your copy of the Go Girl Guidebook, a woman's interactive guide to self-love? Ten chapters full of ways to love yourself better. It's available right now on Amazon. Thank you for your support. I love you and I'll talk to you next time. Go girl. <laughs>